1: From WABE in Atlanta, welcome to this Thursday edition of Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Conversations you'll want to tune in for today include Atlanta's Beltline, designed for more than just walking and biking. There's been an an affordable housing goal as well. So we'll check in with President and CEO Clyde Higgs for an update. Also, speaking of development, it's called The Stitch. Do you know what it's about? I didn't, but I'm learning what's next for the longstanding proposal to cover part of the downtown connector with 14 acres of mixed use development and green space. That's all in today's program. But first, this Governor Brian Kemp will make what his office is calling a, quote, special economic development announcement today. The Associated Press is already reporting that the electric vehicle maker Rivian will announce the development of a five billion dollar battery and assembly plant east of Atlanta. Our politics reporter, Raul Bally, has more. Pat Wilson has been one of the key players in the effort to bring another
3: auto manufacturing plant to Georgia. The Georgia Department of Economic Development Commissioner says the positive impact goes beyond the plant itself.
0: I always hold up Kia as a great example. Kia moved into West Point, Georgia at a time where there was high unemployment. You had lost basically the entire textile industry. They came in and now have 3,000 employees, and then the suppliers that came around them are another 15,000 employees. So if you look at the regional impact that that had, it was transformative for the community and for the state.
3: Wilson says another positive impact is keeping workers and younger people who live outside of major cities in
1: those areas. Raul Bally, WABE News. In other development news, Georgia will get $350 million in grants and loans to improve critical infrastructure in rural parts of the state. Now, this is part of a $5.2 billion effort from the U.S. Department of Agriculture that was announced today. In Georgia, well, the money will go towards electric grid improvements and water infrastructure upgrades. One project in the works, the Coweta Fayette MEC will get $86 million in loans to improve some 600 miles of electrical lines. And finally, it's official, Atlanta's peach drop is back this New Year's Eve, and well, guess who's set to perform?
0: Yes, sir. We in the house.
1: Yeah. It's strictly for my people right here. Nobody else. So if you don't get it, don't worry about it. Atlanta Zone, curators of Southern hip-hop, my people, Goody Mob, yes, will take part in the New Year's Eve festivities at Underground Atlanta. Also, Ashanti and Blanco Brown are tapped to hit the stage. Remember the year they had the rock band Kansas perform? That was was interesting. While the peach drop was held last, last held in 2018, stop laughing at me, Daniel. It was canceled in 2019 when the city indicated, quote, location challenges with underground Atlanta. And, of course, due to the pandemic last year, we know the peach drop was canceled. But it is back. Goody mob in the house. This is Closer Look. It's inside when you gon' run, where you gonna hide from my people. Sometimes they act like beasts. Who raised you up killing your own in the streets? Oh, your thing guard see Oh, I forgot your kill. That's right, your face stay until they give you that chip.
2: Support
0: for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at CF
1: Closer Look continues now. This is 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. A few years ago, as we walked along and then an unfinished portion of the Beltline, current CEO and President Clyde Higgs admitted when he first heard of Atlanta's Beltline project, there was some skepticism as to what seemed like a very ambitious plan.
0: It was a little bit uh, humbling for me when I first heard about the the Atlanta Beltline project because I I was in North Carolina at the time and what we thought was at the time the biggest redevelopment effort in the Southeast uh, with our project and then lo and behold, we hear about this Beltline concept in 2006, roughly the time uh, that project was starting in North Carolina And, uh, and my first thought is like that that is ambitious. And, uh, and good luck, and we'll see how, how, how that works out. Yeah.
1: What were your, you, you didn't think it would work? What were, your, what were your, some of the concerns that you're just looking at this saying, okay, Atlanta, how y'all going to do this? What, what were those obstacles that you thought the city might might have to overcome?
0: Yeah, so, so just, just being in this development space for, for most of my career, um, anytime you have an ambitious project, um, you obviously, you know, kind of your blessing and your curse is having multiple stakeholders. And I knew that the the Beltline was attempting to accomplish, you know, so many program elements. And, and I thought that would be the, the biggest challenge in advancing, you know, all of those things.
1: And as from Closer Looks award-winning transit series, Gridlocked, what's moving Atlanta? Well, if it stays on track, the Beltline is supposed to be completed by 2030. That's what they keep saying. And listen, we know it's so much more than a pathway for biking and walking. We know now there are businesses, markets, adjacent parks and paths and housing. But what about, so wait for it, affordable housing? Reportedly, the Beltline is close to reaching 50 percent of its affordable housing goal due to a project. We'll learn more in just a moment because now I'm joined by Beltline President and CEO Clyde Higgs as he returns to the program. Welcome.
0: Hey, Rose, how are you?
1: Hey, what's happening with you? I'm doing good,
0: doing good. It's uh, end of the year and uh, life life is pretty good right now. I'm feeling pretty, pretty uh, bullish, I'll say.
1: I took you back to that conversation. That was in 2018. We were walking along an unfinished portion of the Beltline, I think near Ansley back there and over the, over the uh, interstate there. You know, also, I asked you what keeps you up at night about completing the Beltline. Do you remember what you said?
0: I, I do I do. Well, I'm gonna play it so, for you. Uh,
1: please do, please <laughs> <Hit it>. do.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's that's a fair question too, and um, and and it, it is making sure that we deliver the full complement uh, of responsibilities for for the Beltline, and so that means uh, the affordable housing. You know, we are charged with the 5600 uh, unit goal. Uh, that's the job creation piece. Uh, 30,000 permanent jobs along the corridor uh, and then also the the transit uh, piece that um, that is absolutely important to what we do and that that's a part of the Beltline DNA and and I think sometimes that that is that's been missing in some of the conversations out there.
1: So Clyde Higgs all of that still major concerns for you let's start with transit we'll work our way back let's start with transit uh, before we get to affordable housing how are we looking?
0: Yeah, so, so you know, I hold to that statement, you know, transit is is truly a part of the DNA of the Beltline. Uh, no question uh, about that. And, uh, but I, I'm encouraged, you know, we continue to meet with with MARTA in the city uh, on a regular basis. Matter of fact, Jeff Parker and I uh, just had a conversation on yesterday and uh, and really just trying to study that first uh, section on the the east part of the Beltline and advancing that, and uh, so a lot of good information out there being studied. But uh, but I think it's going in the right direction, and again, I'm excited about our relationship with Marta and supporting them.
1: We're talking about light rail.
0: Absolutely, um, we're talking I, about light rail.
1: But Clyde, that won't be implemented or completed by 2030. That's I mean we can. <laughs>
0: Right, yeah. right. And, and so when we talk about the, the 2030 horizon, that is actually when the Beltline TAD expires. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when we talk about uh, all of our responsibilities, we are specifically talking about the items that are going to be the main funding source uh, for, for those. And that's the, the TAD. Mm-hmm. So that's affordable housing. That's the trail. That's the job creation and so
1: forth. Well, let's get to the job creation. You mentioned 30,000 jobs. How would you assess where you all are now with that?
0: Yes, we are close to 24,000 jobs uh, right now that have been created along the the belt line to to date.
1: You say created, created. you say created. Created. Does that mean folks are in those jobs?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that that is one of those key performance metrics that, that we just continue to to excel in. And again, we have you know another nine years on this. We think we are going to to get closer to the fifty thousand plus jobs uh, by the end of the Beltline tab by the end of twenty thirty. Uh, those numbers continue to be very strong. Now the, the key there is making sure that we curate the type of jobs that are going to be beneficial uh, to the communities that we touch. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, so making sure you have a diversity of opportunities uh, along this loop, it can be high tech jobs, it can be manufacturing jobs, it can be retail hospitality, but you have to have a really diverse base of job opportunities out there for, for community.
1: Now let's talk about these folks and and other folks who want to enjoy the belt line. Maybe they want to, Live in the around the Beltline. Maybe they already live around the Beltline and they're concerned, will they be able to stay living around the Beltline because of, you know, property tax concerns and just development overall. So let's step back. This 50% of your affordable housing goal, you told me back in 2018, you all were responsible for trying to come up, create 5,600 affordable units. And, and, and I want to ask you again, Clyde, because you know, I've asked everybody this, is that definition of affordable housing for you today the same as it was when we spoke three years ago on the Beltline?
2: Yeah, so
0: when when the Beltline was originally contemplated, it was contemplated to do the 5,600 units of affordable housing created or preserved uh, by the end of 2030, uh, at least at 80% of of AMI. Mm -hmm. Now, you know that we have had some really, really deep conversations in the city, about what affordability means, mm-hmm. and so so we have you know recalibrated kind of what that means from a beltline perspective, and a great example of that, and I'm super excited about this one that just closed in partnership with Atlanta Housing, Invest Atlanta and DCA, uh, but this is going to be a new unit or a new development uh, in the the Reynolds Town community. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at the, the affordability profile there, it, it is significant. So it spans from 30% of area median income uh, all the way up to uh, 80% of AMI. And just for, for people, you know, what, what does that really mean? Yeah. So 30% of area median income is roughly about $18,000 a year for a one-person uh, household. And so that that is why, again, when we talk about uh, controlling the land and that might seem very esoteric to people that are listening, but that that is gold with regards to having a strong, affordable housing. Everybody has said
1: that. Everybody has said that is key, that you have to control the land. You have to own the land. You don't own the land. That's an issue. I want to back up for a second because the emails are coming in. I have an email from a listener. I want to say, okay, when you say Reynolds Town, where in Reynolds Town Give me a little bit more specific so
0: that, so that that is on at the intersection of where the east Side trail on the Beltline is and Memorial Drive okay and uh, so if you know uh, you know machacho and and uh, and the the Madison uh, development there that that's what we're talking about
1: and it's 100% what you consider affordable housing Clyde
0: it, it's it's hundred percent affordable housing uh, in that that development so it's hundred and sixteen units. And a portion are at 30%, a portion, you know, are at the the 50% and a portion are at the the 80% uh, area. And so, and the reason why that is important, because if you talk to a lot of smart people in this affordable housing space, uh, they will oftentimes tout that you need mixed income opportunities Mm -hmm. versus just concentrated uh, affordability. And uh, and to be quite frank, this is where this nuanced conversation gets into with uh, with our, our neighborhoods, because you will also hear neighbors say, "Hey, you know, we don't need any additional affordable housing in our neighborhood. We have enough." And so, so the, it, it's a nuanced conversation. there.
1: Well, every time know? I say it, I get an angry email. So, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> well, we can compare ours from from we- said <laughs>
1: neighborhoods. I'll probably get another one. Yes. I didn't even mention the name, but. But I want to talk about that for a moment because right. some have said on this program, even with Mayor Bottoms and and a very ambitious, the $1 billion uh, price tag for affordable housing and 20,000 some units online by a specific dates. And I've asked folks and they said, well, even that simply will not meet the demand, particularly when you talk about what's the, the population growth Is expected to include another what one million folks moving in.
0: Yeah, you know, so so Atlanta and the metro region is just growing at, at a significant uh, clip. Uh, ARC and some of their numbers suggest that I guess in the next 20 years, effectively the whole city of Charlotte, North Carolina, is going to be moving to to the the Atlanta area in the next I want to say 20 uh, or 30 years. Mm-hmm that that is significant and that gets into the question about that we need to have about density mm-hmm. as well and and those are hard question questions as a city that we have to to grapple with because density obviously is going to help us address a lot of the population that's flooding into our city right
1: now how much property do you all own do you i mean other than you talked about here with Reynolds Town, but where's the property that you all own?
0: Yeah, so so if you think about, so outside of just the Beltline catchment area that we're supposed to build trail and transit, so we almost own an additional 67 acres of land uh, that we will use to create uh, affordability along the Beltline. Uh, Some of those notable uh, properties include uh, Murphy's Crossing, which is in the Oakland City community, mm-hmm. and uh, that's roughly about 22 acres uh, that we control. And then not far from Murphy, we own another nine acres in the Oakland City community uh, that we acquired from the state of Georgia. Uh, we own land in Buckhead, and we also, again, this was a whale for us. Uh, it was the um, uh, the acquisition in the historic Western Heights community, ba- Bankhead.
1: Well, 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 I want to you mentioned Murphy's Crossing because there were a lot of reports that there was a deal, then the deal was canceled. It was $200 million. Where are we with this right now? Let's get that out the way. Where where are y'all with Murphy's Crossing and any development along? That's on the west side, correct?
0: It's on the west side. And uh, so people that are not familiar with Atlanta, if you're thinking about the the Beltline loop, that's roughly seven o'clock on the, the dial is where we're we're making reference to, and so this is in the open city community, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we have rebooted uh, Murphy, and we hosted a significant uh, community panel where we had let's say thirteen members of the community to help give us feedback on what they wanted to see.
1: There. Are you looking for developers? Or are y'all going to develop it?
0: We are looking for a development partner um, for for Murphy, and so ultimately we will. Uh, select uh, a private sector developer to help us uh, to push murphy forward
1: what has been the challenge with, for you all with this well, crossing it's
0: making sure that that we come up with concepts that honor and respect what the community wants i mean and that that's the that's the bottom line and that's why that curated group of 12 to 13 members from the community was absolutely key to making sure that we crafted a request for proposals to those developers that respected what the community was looking for.
1: What did you hear from the community?
0: Um, community space, uh, jobs, uh, affordable housing, and green space. Uh, this notion of, of a grocery store uh, still came uh, mm-hmm. to the forefront. And uh, so things that we that we suspected, but they were confirmed by what we heard from from community.
1: You and I also had a conversation, when we had that conversation three years ago, and, and we talked about the fact that there was a lot of conversation with your predecessor that, look, people have been left out of the equation in terms of how Atlanta's Beltline was progressing. He had mentioned, I think I might have mentioned this to you, he mentioned using, we need to reset, and you t- you agreed with that. When you look at the, the affordable housing piece, though, Clyde, and even with the 5,600, you just mentioned 116, can you give me a, a number then that, well, I, I, this is, 50, you said 50%, so where's the other affordable housing, does it already exist on the Beltline? You should see these emails, I got Clyde. People say, look, where? Because they need a place to stay. They want to play. Yeah. want to live and, 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 you know, enjoy the benefits of the Beltline too, but as a, someone on the email just popped up, where? Where can I find affordable housing? they make less than $50,000.
0: Indeed. And and so so I'm definitely going to ask people to check out our website and click on our our housing tab. There's a really good section that talks about a lot of those new developments. But but let's go back to to this reset here. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, and so one of the things that, that we are attempting to do is really get everyone's uh knowledge about what's happening from an affordability perspective specifically on the belt line just kind of up to date and uh, because there's been a lot of efforts specifically over the last you know two and a half years with regards to to affordability and you have to give uh the mayor uh, a big shout out for for making uh, affordable housing you know truly her platform mm-hmm. and, uh, and so and we have taken that message and pushed it and so if, if you look at just by the end of this year, so there's a, another development, uh, Skyline, mm-hmm. uh, and this is going to be in the People's Town community. If, uh, if this closes, we will have exceeded uh, our affordable housing goal for, for 2021 by 50 percent, by 50 percent. And that's not to suggest that we don't have a lot of work to do moving forward, because we absolutely do but we have a plan on how to get there and even exceed uh, those numbers on the 5,600 unit side.
1: That that skyline in Peoples Town, that's the 600 affordable housing units that would Invest Atlanta?
0: It, it is with uh, Invest Atlanta mm-hmm. and it's gonna be 250 uh, units uh, of affordable housing uh, off the, the belt line of the Peoples Town community.
1: When you look at how, since you've been president and CEO, and I know you came in with some of your own initiatives when you look at where you are now with this and you feel comfortable that you all are going to meet that 5,600 and, you know, someone else says, okay, but that's not a lot. It's, it helps, but it's not a lot. What still needs to be done? What concerns yeah. do you still have about the housing part of this on the Beltline?
0: Yeah. So, so we, we are absolutely going to meet that, that goal. And again, if you look at over the last two years, we've been meeting our annual uh, goals there and exceeding them. So, so we're on, on the way to, to making that happen. But when you think about affordability, it's, it's not about a one-trick pony mm-hmm. solution. There. It, it really is about a comprehensive solution to tackling this issue with, with affordability. It, it's about the affordable unit itself. Um, But you also got to think about for for people that are homeowners around the Beltline in very attractive areas uh, within the city of Atlanta uh, as their property taxes start to to rise. You know, how do you come up with programs to address that? And and I have to give a a shout out to our sister organization, the Beltline Partnership, Mm -hmm. for helping to stand up uh, a fund that will literally pay people's growing property taxes and key areas of concern along the the belt
1: line. That's a great way to get into funding because we've had this conversation before as well. Um, Sometimes the best, best ideas are great. And then you have the financial and the the funding piece of it for folks that may not clearly understand how you all get your funding, break it down for them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we, we are primarily funded by, uh, a tax allocation district and so what this means is we get a portion of a uh, property tax uh, growth within this Beltline district and that is the baseline funding for for the Beltline and then on top of that we also go after federal and state uh, grants and then we also get a significant chunk of funds from the philanthropic
1: community as well. Mm-hmm. You are getting some money from the, the recent uh, Biden, uh, President Biden's uh, American Rescue Plan and all those. you getting some money out of that and how much you getting.
0: Yeah. So so this has and just to go back to just the funding rose, it, this has truly been the most exceptional year for Beltline like ever. So 2021 will go down in the books. And so when again, the, the historians write the next book about the Beltline, what happened in 2021 from a number of factors, and so you may have remembered when City Council and the Mayor um, advance a new special service district mm-hmm. that's going to generate 100 million dollars for for the Belt Line. Uh, then we also have a 100 million dollar commitment from the the private philanthropic community. Uh, we also received notification that we were successful in the U.S. Department of Transportation's. Uh, raise grant initiative, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's just over sixteen million. And so, from a funding perspective, this has been absolutely exceptional, and perhaps our best year ever.
1: And so, where is that money earmarked for? Just beyond affordable housing, where's it going to go?
0: So, so most of those dollars are going to be for the design and construction of, of Beltline Trail, mm-hmm. and uh, and what that does for for us. That essentially took $200 million of responsibility that I would have had on my books that I can then repurpose those dollars to some of those other community efforts that are really important to us on the affordable housing side. And uh, and also, you know, a future question on the commercial affordability that uh, that we should be talking about as a city as well. Well,
1: well, what what? Let's talk about then the completion of the trail. What for folks who may not be familiar with it, because we know that y'all was a little slow getting to the West side. That's a whole nother conversation, but y'all finally got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's next in terms of the completion here?
0: Yeah, that that is. So uh, I guess about four, four years ago, uh, under my predecessor, we conducted a, a survey and, and one of the pain points in that survey, the survey actually was very positive, but the, the feedback was, hey, why does it take so long to, to build the, the belt line out? And uh, you know, we're ready for it to come into my community. And, uh, and so it's always been this funding challenge for us. We've always had the piecemeal, you know a mile here, a mile there. But now, again, with the SSD, the private philanthropic support, we literally have the funds. It's the first time ever, Rose, mm-hmm. ever that we actually have line of sight to know that we'll be able to complete the entire Beltline trail by the end of 2030. And, uh, and this has been an exceptional year for us. As you know, we've never had three trail segments being constructed all at the same time. And you know, uh, in October, we opened up a segment of the trail in the Pittsburgh community, which was a big deal for, for us.
1: Okay, let's put this let's let's for let's map it out then for folks. Let's start from the top and take us all the way around the city then. And yep. what needs to so, be just,
0: Yeah, so think about the the beltline as a as a loop.
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, so obviously most people are very familiar with the with the east side uh, that we have there, you know, more than 3 miles of trail and then also on the west side we have more than 3 miles of trail. And then we completed uh, our newest segment of Beltline uh, in the Pittsburgh community uh, that's roughly a mile that will cross Metropolitan, uh, getting us pretty close to seventy-five, eighty-five.
1: That's below Zoo Atlanta, correct?
0: That is, that is not what, no. We are talking about uh, where the Pittsburgh Yards uh, development is. It used to be the old former Annie E. Casey uh, site. And so roughly okay. about seven o'clock on, on the dial. Okay. And so we have roughly about 15 more miles to complete Rose, uh, to finish the 22 mile loop of the belt line. And again, we are just thrilled that we actually have the, the money in place to, to make that happen.
1: And there's nothing that could hinder that.
0: Oh, there, there's lots of things that can <laughs> hinder that, but it's just, it just won't be funding at this point. It is so just, just by way of example, um, there is a segment of the Beltline we call it the Great Northwest segment. So this is a little more than four miles, and it will be perhaps the most technically challenging portion of the Beltline that we have to to construct. And uh, and so why? So
1: because of just the 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 land the, the re- why, why is it so so challenging?
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so the land mm-hmm. and it's also the section of the belt line that is not based on existing railroad corridor. Mm. So th- this is the gap. Gotcha. So there is no railroad corridor for us to, to pull up. So we're gonna figure out what is the most appropriate alignment, you know, through streets, through you know, right-of-ways, what does that look like? And it's and not corridor.
1: displacing anybody too, correct?
0: Yeah. And again, and that 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 is that, that narrative where I'm trying to give people roses, you know, that that is a 2015, 2016 mm-hmm. narrative. Again, if you look at what's happened over the last 24 months, uh, most people in the know will see like, oh, man, there has been significant work uh, done from an affordable housing perspective. And so so, I, you know, I, I love to hear those comments. People like, oh, the bell line is coming. But then that conjunction comes. But. <laughs> you
1: know, you can't, uh, well, you can't I, do this. I have a listener who says they have an Airbnb um, and they love the fact that the belt lines come in. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. I have we, a, a, we, one more question from a listener who wants to know how are you sure. all working with organizations like PATH to increase con- connectivity to regional trails? Good question.
0: Yeah. And so that, that's what I was mentioning a little bit earlier with that Northwest segment. So we have engaged uh, the PATH Foundation to help us think through that Northwestern segment. Um, but the great thing about the, the Beltline, it, it is really the, the hub. Mm-hmm. And so there are a number of other municipalities and, and, uh, and cities that are thinking about how do you connect their trails, be it you know Brookhaven, uh, East Point College Park, um, the Silver Comet Trail, all of these other connector trails will converge into Atlanta. And uh, so it will be an incredible day where you'll be able to get on a bike and get on the belt line and ride your bike all the way to Alabama if you're that ambitious.
1: Yeah, if you are that ambitious. And listen, coming up next, we have a conversation with Jennifer Ball from Centers for for, uh, Atlantic uh, Progress, and we're going to talk about the Stitch. Y'all going to be working with the Stitch? Y'all not taking any money from the Stitch? I mean, you're not pulling (laughs) investors away from the Stitch, are you? Because the Stitch... Hey, I just found know, out about the belt- stitch. I ain't know anything about the stitch. I'm gonna be honest. Hey,
0: <laughs> hey, uh, infrastructure projects of of all types we are fans of, and so uh, so just like the. Well, the being line, a fan is
1: one thing, but are you gonna work with them? Of, of
0: course. Matter of fact, they they were also successful in receiving uh, a grant from the U.S. Department of Transportation. Yeah, but they didn't grant.
1: get as much money as y'all got. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we're we're the 800 pound gorilla out uh, there as I well. Got you. you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I understand you had a question for me about hip hop. What's up? What what, what you want to know?
0: Hey, what? Yeah, I, you know, we were supposed to have this conversation, bros, about uh, about hip hop, about culture. That's what I really thought you were calling me about. But you wanted to talk about the the belt line. What, what, so that, that's all
1: <laughs> I, look, so I, I can bring you back I don't know what you want to know but I can bring you back what you what you what, got what's, brother what's up
0: bring 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 me back you know and, and I I joke about that but but yeah you know, just this culture piece when we talk about the the belt line and we talk about the city of Atlanta mm-hmm. is so important to us because if, if you think about the superpowers that Atlanta has it—it it is our culture, right? That is true. And, and so, so a lot of these and a lot of wonderful creatives
1: process, here. A lot of wonderful creatives I, here. Ab- absolutely.
0: And so, one of the things that that we talk about is art on the, the Atlanta Beltline and making sure that creatives, you know, have a space, you know, truly on on the Beltline. And, and it's funny—I I saw a post by by Jeezy. He was talking about the Beltline, um, Mick Jagger. Was in town, I guess, uh, last month, and talked about he was biking on the
1: Beltline. Well, tell Mick, so th- th- look, tell Mick and Jeezy to help with some funding, and also, <laughs> will you put? A, will you please put a skate park <laughs> on the West Side? Come on now. We,
0: we can do a lot. It just, just I know what money. you
1: can do, but I want you to say, Rose, we're going to put a skate park on the West Side.
0: What, what oh, we going to do? Those Rose? kids
1: like to skate too. Come on now, Clyde.
0: What we're gonna do, Rose, is finish this this belt line. That that's what I'm gonna to commit to, and we're gonna make
1: sure. You can finish the belt line out. with a skate park for the west side. We,
0: we can do a lot. Tell Jeezy,
1: since you' hanging out with Jeezy, tell him and Mick and everybody else, let's pony up some money for a skate park for the kids on the west side. All right.
0: Well, get, get us on a on a call, Rose. Oh, that's,
1: oh I gotta packer. do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll, we'll put them on the hook.
1: Oh, there we go. Hey, listen, Clyde, I appreciate you taking the time. I'm going to bring you back. People have lots of questions about this. You know, we have a lot of fun, but at the end of the day, you know it is about people. So I appreciate you taking the time. CEO and President Clyde Hicks, the Beltline, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm going to bring you back.
0: Thank you, Rose. good to see you.
1: From WABE in Atlanta, this is Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. As we just heard, I was talking with Clyde Higgs from the Beltline. The U.S. Department of Transportation recently awarded $900,000 toward downtown Atlanta's The Stitch. Now, wait, what's it called, you say? The Stitch? I'm going to be honest, because I think I should be. I had no idea what my producer, Daniel Razell, was talking about, so I asked him to explain it. Daniel? <laughs> Daniel? Yeah. Yeah, Russ? What is the stitch?
2: The stitch is a proposal, formally five years in the making, but dates back further, to cap part of the interstate that cuts through downtown and midtown with a green space that in the future could also include some skyscraper development on top of it.
1: That's (laughs) how I would most,
2: in a nutshell, describe it.
1: Okay. All right. And where, when you say downtown, take, give our listeners, create the picture.
2: I mean, I'm thinking specifically in the streets. Because mm-hmm. I think it's from Piedmont to, is it Cortland? No, it's further than Cortland. Um, but it would be, you know, I think it's roughly three or four main streets running east to west, uh, spanning spanning the Connector.
1: You feel comfortable? (laughs) I would
2: say, actually, the easiest way to describe it, for me, and just how I know the city, just because I take the train, (laughs) is that it's really centered around the Civic Center station. Like, that will be at the heart of around all the the
1: new development. Good answer. Yeah. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, for the most part, Daniel was correct, sort of. However, here's how officials behind the stitch explain it.
0: The Stitch, a new district designed to unite Atlanta at its core. Divided by the interstates 75 and 85 in the early 1950s, Midtown and Downtown have been separated for more than a half a century. It's time for us to bring them together again. The Stitch will cover the connector from the Civic Center Marta Station to Piedmont Avenue, creating an elevated urban fabric through the middle of the city. With restaurants, businesses, residences and green spaces, the stitch will be a destination in itself, positively influencing the surrounding communities with an estimated total impact of three billion dollars.
1: See, Daniel, you needed some dramatic music. That's what you needed. By the way, The Voice is our very own. He's our former WABE reporter, assistant news director, my little brother, Charles Edwards doing that. Well, joining me now with perhaps a little bit more information is Jennifer Ball, Vice President of Economic Development and Planning for Central Atlanta Progress. Jennifer, welcome. Hi, Rose. Um, before we thoroughly dissect the Stitch Project, I want to define some terms for listeners. And and Daniel mentioned this interstate cap. For define, because a lot of cities have what they call an interstate cap. I want you to to define that for our listeners.
4: No, you're you're exactly correct. And it's one of the inspirational reasons for for this type of infrastructure work, because most large cities um, have interstate freeways that were built through what was the historic fabric that sort of disconnected um, the streets, um, caused the the removal and demolition of people Mm -hmm. and housing and, and buildings and really left behind. Um, a gulch, if you will. We, we refer to another part of our city as the gulch, but mm-hmm. really there are bridges. If you're on the connector, you see bridges going overhead. But if you are at the Civic Center Marta Station or walking down Peachtree Street, you're walking past holes. So the idea is that we cap over, bridge over what are holes today and then recapture that space for more positive uses rather than just a hole to the interstate.
1: For our for our re- listeners who want to maybe research their other what other cities can you point to? I think I might have read maybe Boston.
4: Well, Boston is the is the big daddy, and everybody knows the Big Dig. Um, that project was remarkable because their freeway was not actually depressed. Mm-hmm. In our case, you know, our streets already go over and created the holes there. They had to dig under and actually bury the freeway to connect connect those streets back over. Um, the, another good example is Clyde Warren Park in Dallas um, that a lot of Atlantans are familiar with. Um, but there are really cities all over the country considering these types of improvements.
1: So, Jennifer, we're talking about, I don't want to, to make it sound just like a park over the interstate, but we're talking about a mixed-use development with green space that is over an interstate that you can connect through from the street level, correct?
4: Correct. Exactly. Um, you know, the, the the notion of our vision is that those caps that we create over what is freeway today would be predominantly um, parks, open space, green spaces. The opportunity for those skyscrapers that Daniel mentioned are really on those adjacent land parcels. If you know this part of downtown, you know because of the construction and the destruction, there's a lot of surface parking lots. Mm-hmm underutilized land, you know, pieces, leftover pieces. And that's where the development would occur.
1: What are the challenges in trying to, other than funding, which we'll get to, but from a, I guess, an infrastructure sure. viewpoint, what are the challenges in trying to, to create something like this? And then how long sure. does it typically take?
4: Yeah, it, um, it the fundamentally you're building a bridge right and and we you can build bridges pretty quickly around here we've proven to ourselves but it's a structural one so are the clearances in place you know we want to make sure there's sufficient space still on the connector and that that traffic continues and that you have the vertical clearances there's horizontal clearances that really drive um health and life safety issues um if you look at it From the perspective on the downtown connector, you're really kind of building a tunnel. So you have to do with ventilation um, and safety for the freeway. But it's really a a pretty easy engineering challenge to solve.
1: And with the city, I mean, Central Atlanta Progress, I mean, you all are, are not you're not exactly an agent of the city, so to speak. So you all are taking on the task of creating this with partners
4: Exactly, if if you look at those examples in other cities, they are really um, public-private partnerships and there's roles. to bring those organizations together, which is what our organization is good at, um, you know, the streets, the infrastructure, the physical right of way that is um, controlled by the city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia. But we know that we need to galvanize the adjacent private property owners who we represent, and to the benefit that they'll see, as well as philanthropic and private um, donations. To just like the Beltline, it's it's a perfect segue from what. Um, let me
1: let me ask private, you. Let wow. me ask you this, Jennifer, how many times have you maybe had to a- answer this question? Someone saying, Jennifer, what's the purpose of this? Why do we need this in Atlanta?
4: Yeah, um, well, you know, I spend most of my time um, advocating um, for the economic health and growth of downtown Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I think as a city, we're having a big conversation about how we're going to continue to grow if we're going to become a city of a million people and this part of downtown is ideally situated to absorb that growth, but we have to give people a reason to want to live here. You have to have access. I mean, you, you said it, we need skate parks. We need culture. We need all the things that make, um, downtown be the, a place of choice for residential development and growth.
1: Let me ask you this. Are you all considering affordable housing plan as a part of this project?
4: Absolutely. Um, it's fundamental to what we're doing. If, if you look at um, really the housing growth in downtown as of late, it is, is all included, um, at least a small portion of um, subsidized affordable housing, but downtown is also home to a lot of naturally occurring attainable housing today. We are ideally situated um, adjacent to some uh, larger development sites that have already been identified for affordable housing specifically. Um, I think you're familiar with the Atlanta Civic Center site Mm -hmm. that Atlanta housing is undertaking. That's two blocks away. So these projects are actually very compatible with one another. There's also a lot of existing affordable housing already in the neighborhood. So that is where,
1: where is it, Jennifer?
4: Yeah. So, uh, well, there's all there's a range, right? So, all of the newer housing that has been delivered in downtown. So, think about Twelve Centennial, or the Reynolds. Um, those buildings each had, as as Clyde was talking about, a percentage of units set aside for mm-hmm. somewhere around eighty percent AMI. Okay. Do you know the Imperial Hotel. You're you've been in Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. A long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a permanent supportive um, housing um, structure as well. So we we've really got all of the ranges.
1: I mentioned. That $900,000 y'all just received, but listen, the numbers I'm hearing, that's just a very, very small grain of the estimated, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jennifer, $300 million for the entire project? Am I off? It's
4: probably more than that, but (laughs) numbers escalate, right? No, the the planning grant that we received is for planning, and so – it's the very early stages of going out to the community, talking about all of these elements, understanding um, what people would like to see. It is the documentation that we will do to position ourselves to go after a $16 million grant like the Beltline. And so that's and
1: obviously you'll be in phases like the Beltline.
4: Uh, exactly. Um, uh, Daniel did a pretty good job of laying out how some of the existing streets. Oh, segmented. don't give
1: Daniel all that credit. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but if you if you if you looked at it from an aerial view, mm-hmm. it really breaks itself down nicely into four different blocks that create logical phasing for each of those. So I, you're exactly correct.
1: I have a question from a listener who wants to know how would the stitch be impacted by potential? Because it's what the buzz is right now. That all these city hoods, there is talk well there's talk sometimes folks just talk about a potential city of midtown you all would have to grapple with all that are you taking that into consideration
4: you know to some extent i don't um you know we consider the stitch squarely in the middle of downtown it's in our improvement district you know the confusing part is um and really one of the motivations for this kind of project is we've been disconnected from midtown and so the, the idea that we can rebuild these streets in a more pedestrian friendly way and really connect ourselves to the energy and momentum that we're seeing more in Midtown than this part of downtown um, is important. So I don't know. I'll have to investigate that. one.
1: Have you looked at it when you talk to the folks in other cities in terms of what, works, what 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 worked and what didn't work? What did you hear?
4: Absolutely. I think um, we obviously on the technical side, there's you know a lot of um, how you solve the engineering challenges. But I think um, the bigger picture is how do we move this vision forward, um, harness the resources, And um, and actually keep our eye on all of the issues related to um, equity and affordable housing and really repairing um, what was destructive infrastructure in the past to make it a more positive impact, Mm -hmm. you know, infrastructure projects have impacts. Um, so let's not forget um, that that you know construction and just the the chaos, if you will. Um, so to keep really keep our eye on what those end goals are and ensure that we're building a kind of place um, that we can all be proud of.
1: If you're looking in your Central Atlanta Progress crystal ball and you're looking at this in phases, and let's say funding is starting to roll in, what is a reasonable? Start date. And and that, I mean, that seems like a daunting task because you just can't yes. bring in a bunch of bulldozers and, and start tearing up stuff and then building right. stuff over to the interstate. This is a long term yes. project. Exactly. I mean, we're talking about decades.
4: Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, with this planning grant in hand, we expect that planning process to take um, just about a year and have already made some applications for funding that would allow us then to roll directly into um, the more detailed engineering pieces of it. And really once that start clock starts ticking with the approval processes and permitting and reviews and everything that would need to happen, um, particularly with the State Department of Transportation and the federal government, it's easily a 10-year horizon to deliver the entire project.
1: Other than reading that this would, quote, catalyze new developments including affordable housing which we just talked about but i read some numbers here that said the stitch could result in 1.7 to 2.5 billion in value creation but then this number really jumped out at me generate anywhere from 21 to 58 million in new revenue when we break that down for our listeners when we talk about new sure. revenue here what are we looking at
4: yeah the value creation comes in um, two different ways one is just straight up new development so something's a parking lot today you build housing on top of it you are generating new um, construction investment sure but also we've investigated other cities where the existing properties increase in value Um, they are worth more because of the amenity that's created then you take from that property taxes Sales taxes, job creation, really that it's a public finance strategy of, is, of how the public benefits from that investment.
1: In, in this pie, is there a piece for small business? We, I can imagine big business and franchises being able to come in and say, we want to put something here. But what about for our, our, our smaller, Our Atlanta has a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of small business owners. Is there something allocated for them to get in on this?
4: Absolutely. And that's what we want to investigate further in the planning process. You know, downtown today is really a pretty amazing collection of unique um, businesses, um, local uh, mixed in with some of the the more national chains. And that's what we want to see. Right. That this fits seamlessly into um, the soul that already exists in the center of our city.
1: As we wrap up, Jennifer, let me ask you this. How optimistic are you that, you know, we'll get to see something See a bulldozer uh, well, you, or a crane. At yeah, some <laughs> no,
4: you don't do my job without being an optimist. So you have to, um, we we are very bullish that it is attainable. It is doable. We continue to s- receive a lot of support, not the least of which is with the, the federal um, grant that we just talked about, the adjoining property owners, neighbors, new leadership at City Hall. So um, let's get it done. Do you like the name The Stitch? You know, I do. It's um, I will credit uh, some of the the planners and engineers that helped us um, with the vision. It, you know, as an urban designer, a planner, you know, we're stitching the city back together. We're mm-hmm. reconnecting these streets in these blocks that were disconnected. So,
1: so, but it wouldn't. It's a
4: nice play on words.
1: Yeah, but it wouldn't like become the stitch brought to you by Fortune 500 company. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't know. That might be a good funding strategy. No, no,
1: no. Don't give that away. Don't give that away. Uh, we're going to stay Hopefully,
4: stand... it'll just be downtown Atlanta, right? And there you the go. Parks and the, the new uh, destinations we create will speak for themselves.
1: Can y'all put a skate park there for the kids since obviously the West Side is taking their time?
4: I think we're gonna have to. You know, there's an existing skate. It's not technically a skate park, but it's a really popular skate area called the Black Blocks, mm-hmm. which is part of Folk Art Park. So we're gonna we're gonna have to protect that.
1: I think I've started something. Jennifer Ball, Vice President of Economic Development and Planning for Central Atlanta Progress. We're talking about the stitch. We're gonna stay on top of this. Please keep us informed as this is a lot of folks are interested in this. You should see the emails. I really appreciate it.
4: Absolutely. Thank you, Rose.
1: Take care. And that's it for this edition of Closer Look. Our senior producer is Sam Whitehead. Our other producers, Janine Etter, Lashawn Hudson, and Danielle, Daniel Razel the stitch maker I engineer is kevin rinka a reminder to let us know your thoughts on today's program or any other just send me an email rose at wabe.org and if you missed any of today's program you know it's always online at wabe.org slash closer look and of course closer look weeknights at 7 p.m as well as in our podcast subscribe wherever you like stay tuned to 90.1 wabe atlanta's choice for npr for all the kids who love to skate i'm
4: rose scott